Hey, what's up, everybody? And in this episode, we're going to travel back down memory lane to a couple of uh, clips that I had. Um, we'll be discussing the, not weirdness, but some of the crazy things that uh, our celebrities or people who consider themselves celebrities have done. So sit back and relax and enjoy this, the best of Ty Digger. Hey, we're back. Um, next up on our list, and it's really a brother, are you serious moment? DJ Academics has been speaking a lot with his chest lately. Um, I don't know if it's hanging around Takashi 69 that makes him a tough guy, or maybe he's starting to believe that money makes you tough, or maybe he's starting to feel himself, or maybe it's one of those situations where he realized that People are coming from him, and now he has to overdo it to uh, be able to get any type of cred. But apparently he got into a little tiffle with um, Freddie Gibbs. Yes, Gary Gary Indiana's own Freddie Gibbs, um, Mr. Alfredo himself, um, and called Freddie a little nigga. Like, when did DJ Academics get the... Chess Harris to be able to call anybody a little dude. Like, he's the little guy. Like, he's the guy that people beat up. He's the guy that everybody who needed to win, they went right after DJ Academics. They went after him. Like, I've never once in my life looked at this guy and thought that he is tough. Now, don't get me wrong. I don't think that's the measure of a person if you're able to fight or not. I don't think that's what makes you should be respected. Um, but he's really barking up the wrong tree right here, and I don't understand where is it coming from. Um, I think one of the problems that we might have here is the fact that for some reason society has now made the blogger more famous than the artist. 
um, when I was coming up, the writer wasn't more famous. Usually, usually was not more famous than the artist. Uh, let me say this. The writer wasn't more important than the artist. The person who was covering it wasn't more important than the artist. Like everybody, even the journalists that was in the mu- music industry as it is, understood that if it wasn't for this artist, I would not have a platform to be able to to be in the limelight. I would not have a job. Well, I wouldn't have a job doing something that I love, and that's writing on music um, information. Um, if Because, you know, a great artist sells themselves. Well, they have a PR team. And with the media, I think it's kind of free PR to be able to get in front of folks and talk and what have you. But please be clear that the person that's conducting the interview is not the most important person in that room right now. And plus, I'm not understanding why Freddie, why Freddie Gibbs out of all people. Like, is this guy just searching for somebody to, kick his chest in? Is he, is that what it is? He just needs attention that much? Is he one of those, any type of attention is good attention? Is that what I'm being told right here? But first off, this coming out your neck at a real G like that is totally out of pocket. Completely out of pocket. Like, cut it out. Like, if y'all was at the same party, you would not have the same type of beef with this dude in person. You would not talk to that guy like that in person. And it's one of those things that everybody knows. Like nobody thinks otherwise, except maybe your closest friends. And even them, they're like, uh, he can be a little bit on the soft side. And again, there's absolutely nothing wrong in our culture for a guy that's sensitive or a guy who's not as rowdy as the next guy is. There's room for you academics. There's room for you in this game. You don't have to be Mr. Tough guy from your basement or your apartment or your mom's bedroom or whatever you're doing these little quote unquote videos from. There's no need for all that. Like, We're going to like you anyway, if you're cool. If you're not cool, then, homie, check yourself. Work on yourself. As somebody said it earlier, where was this energy for Vic Mensa when Vic called you out? What was this energy when Erica said you you look like Mickey Mouse? Like... And not to mention that the whole Takashi 6ix9ine thing, come on. Come on, man. I'm not asking you to be a thug, but I'm also not asking you to embrace. I'm expecting you not to embrace that. Like, I don't want nothing bad to happen to that dude, but I also wanted to be clear that that's no part of hip-hop. That's no part of this. Like, we can't be in a situation where you let a guy run out around crazy like that. And then when it blows up on him, then all of a sudden, Oh, Oh God, I'm not like that. No, come on. Come on. Fam. Um, also 
academics tells John Legend to check his B-I-T-C-H, or check his bitch up. Excuse me? And I'm looking at this picture in uh, Hip Hop DX, and is it me? It seems like this dude, Ack, is always trying to look hard, but again, I go back to my point A, he's not hard. Like, why even play with anybody like that? Okay, maybe she said a joke about you. So what? He's going to call out her name? And, yo, that might be the wrong brother who girl to talk about. Like, I feel like you don't learn until somebody punches you in the mouth. And it's, it's bewildering. Some of his quotes, it's bewildering to me, he said. His bitch be talking mad shit online. What? I just like this bitch so much. I can't even lie to you. Like, first off, nobody should be talking about anybody like that. Second off, who are you? Like, again, you talk, this dude talks like he's such an important part of this movement, and he's really not. But then again, maybe he got what he wants because he got seven minutes out of me. Who knows? And he has attention. But I just, from all over the internet. He's getting articles written about him. So maybe maybe he's the smart one. But I tell you this, not all attention is good attention. And this is something I try to drill into my brothers and sisters all the time. Like, this is not always a good time to be in the limelight. It's There are some reasons that you don't want to be famous. But again, folks always go with the whole, like, I got to be out there, and if my name's out there, I'm going to find a way to make money off of it. Yeah, but what's your limit, though? At what point do we get out there and get to dancing the little jig? And um, speaking of little jigs, um, I guess this hasn't been a great time for my great season for my uh, Tar Heels because... Well, actually, it has been a great season. I'm going to tell you what's great about it. Joel Berry got on Twitter earlier today, um, late last night, and basically said about a car running through uh, protesters. He was like, well, why are they standing in front of the car? Like, I'm going to call out wrong. Even as a black man, I'm going to call out wrong. And <sighs> Are we justifying police cars driving through crowds of people? Is this what we're doing? Is this what we're doing? And it's painful that it comes from somebody that I cheer for. But, yo, we got to call it out. We got to call what it is as it is. As I said for the last couple of weeks, you're on one side or the other of this argument. There's no straddling the fence. There's no be nice but still fight for progressive change. There's no there's good people on both sides on this. You're either for it or you're against it. Now. We talk about the great part. Several of his um, Tar Heel brethren actually came together and gathered them up and made their comments. Um, Kendall Marshall said, don't claim to be a part of a movement that you're criticizing. It just waters down the message. And and that's where I'm at with it. Like, if you're going to be a part of the movement, you got to be all a part of the movement. You can't criticize the movement. All right. The movement has been started because of an injustice that's happening. And speaking of injustice, um, 
Minneapolis is considering moving the George Floyd trial out of the area because they feel like the officers are not going to get a fair shake because it's going to be difficult to find a jury that's impartial. I think, I think that's the point. I think, I think most human beings should be able to see a man nailed on a defenseless man's neck and choking him to death while the man screaming, I can't breathe. Well, he's desperately telling the police officers that he can't breathe and three other cops sit around just stare and watch. I think most of, if not all of decent human beings should have a problem with that. I don't think the guys in blue have a leg to stand on. I don't think it's hard for you to ask fairness for four men who watched another man die and nobody did nothing. It's hard. It's a hard sell for me to be fair to a person who jammed his knee into the back of another person's neck. That's, that's a hard sell. I can't, this is no way I can do it. I'm sorry. Absolutely no way. And and it's not even unfair to the police officer. Like, we saw it. This is not a rumor. This is not somebody what somebody told me. This is not somebody who lives in Minnesota who saw it on the news and the rest of the world didn't see it. Yo, we're in the middle of a pandemic. A lot of us are not working. And you know where we're at? We're online shopping. We're watching the internet. We might be watching TV, watching the news. We're on social media. Newsflash, boys and girls, the things that you do that's recorded can be on social media within seconds. If somebody's recording me right now, this information can be on social media like just like that. And millions of people have instant access to it. So guess what? A lot of people saw it and a lot of people are outraged. Okay, a lot of people are outraged and I haven't forgot about the other victims of police brutality, but I do want to talk about this upcoming case that's going to happen next year that they are trying to move away from Minneapolis so these cops can get us such and such fair trial. I will say this, if America learned anything from the Rodney King situation, they might not want to do that. And heaven forbid if these cops get acquitted. Heaven forbid if these cops get acquitted. It is going to be some smoke in the city. Mark my words. You know, we talk about things, um, smoke in the city. We're also coming to the point where we got to understand that in four, in four to five months, this entire world could look different. Everything could look different. There are movements. There's a pandemic going around. Uh, there's a possibility of another pandemic uh, going around. India and China beefing with each other. Like this entire world could look so much different in just a short matter uh, amount of time. So uh, that's enough on that. When we come back from our break, we're going to get into Donald Trump and what he's been up to for the last couple of days. And let me tell you, it's been a lot. All that and more on the Ty Digger Show. So, that's enough on Trump. Speaking of guys that nobody should be talking about, 
somehow Takashi Six Nine pops up on Twitter, and I had no idea why people was talking about him. Well, actually, it started with people talking about um, DJ Academics. This guy is the epitome of a groupie. And you know what bothers me about that? He does not see the shame in it. He does not see the shame in the way he's acting. Um, a couple of rappers have actually told him to his face, you know, you're talking about things. He's talking about things that he really doesn't understand. He's getting himself involved in situations that he doesn't understand that he really doesn't need to get involved because real talk, he's not built like that. He's not built for that flash, that, uh, that brushback. But for some reason, he thinks it's cute. He thinks it's funny. I think he's recording from his mother's basement. Um, whatever. But um, people were talking about him, and I was wondering why. And I found out that Takashi Six Nine has a new song out. For those of you that been living on the rock for the last couple of years, um, Takashi was a rapper. I don't call a former rapper, former hardcore rapper, gang member that got caught up in a RICO charge or got caught up in some mess with the feds. And you know, the feds, once they get a hold of you, either you're going to give them information or you're going to go to prison. Takashi chose to give information. Now, for those of you that don't know, and I'm not speaking on this as from a perspective of being a thug or whatever. Um, I went to college. I have no shame in that. I grew up in the hood, but I got out of that, that situation. But I understand if you're living a life of crime, you have to be built for that life. And if you're living a life of crime, if you're on TV talking about shooting people, kidnapping, murder, selling drugs, busting guns, you got to understand that prison time comes with that. Jail time comes from that. You can't bust your gun for free. There's no such thing as that. Eventually, somebody's going to kill you or somebody's going to arrest you. And once the feds get a hold of you, once once those fed boys start asking questions, trust me, that their winning percentage is over 95%. They're going to win that case. If they ask you a question, they know the answer. They just want to see what you're going to get. And Takashi chose to give them information to keep himself out of prison. Now, as a person who's not living that life, I get it. I totally understand that. I, Yo, he understood that he could not live in prison. He was not built like that. So he started giving information. My thing is, what's infuriating is about this, before he got caught, he had no problem we're talking crazy online, te- calling, telling mothers, the telling people moms to go down on them, the suckers, you know what, and you know, talking about he slapped people. And yo, his talk was crazy during his run. He was extremely disrespectful, and he was disrespectful because he had gang members at his back. He had backup. You know, and I can't respect rappers who talk trash like that, but not built like that. They only talk trash because the people who back them are down to fight. The people who back them are thugs, you know. So, yo, cool. 
But when it finally blew up on him and people tried to tell him that, yo, you don't need to be hanging out with these dudes. You're a good kid. He didn't want to listen. He want to be gang gang. Now all of a sudden he's snitching. And now today he had a video rationalize why he snitched. And like, yo, you can't rationalize that to street dudes. You can't rationalize that to the hood. So I don't want to hear that he kidnapped him or somebody had sex with his baby mama. Yo, deal with your baby mama. Deal with your girl. She's the one that had sex with them. You know what I'm saying? You don't go tell and put everybody else in prison. Come on, man. Like, yo, if I'm out doing dirt, I'm not a street dude. But if I'm doing dirt, guess what? I understand there's a possible consequence with that if I'm caught. And to be able to be a man, to be able to look in the mirror, yo, I got to set my role in it. You know, and I feel like Takashi has yet to set his role in it. You know, hey, stop running with knuckleheads. That's why I don't run with knuckleheads. Duh. Uh, So I don't understand the rationalizing of this. And what I don't understand how a lot of people can embrace that. Yo, we've been talking about hip hop for some of us catch my age. Yo, people have been talking about hip hop for 30, 40 years in gangster rap. Um, if you want to say NWA started, you want to say Ice T in the mid 80s, you want to give credit to Coogee Rap. We know a lot of that gangster stuff started in the late 80s. And we also know that these dudes understood that, yo, what they was talking about could land them in prison. The stuff they were doing could land them in prison. And they wasn't going to tell on their homies or the people they called homies, the people who protected your neck. Because, you know, once you get in lockup, yo, you're not safe if you're snitching. So you're better off just shutting up and doing your time. He should have did his time. I don't feel sorry for the dude, personally. I don't hope nothing bad happened to him, but you're not going to make me feel sorry for this guy. Not at all. So I just don't understand this embracing. I don't understand why people would be ready and people were supporting it. People are supporting it. I don't understand why people are ready to go out and buy this dude's album. No, I'm not buying this album. And guess what? And if it's a rapper I grew up listening to or I like it's on an album with him, I'm not listening to that. I'm not listening to that. Why would you embrace that? Why would you embrace somebody who talked that street stuff, but who ain't built for that street stuff? He's talking that street stuff knowing that he'll bite somebody in the neck, knowing that he would, that he's not real. And that's, and before we close out, hip hop is all about being real. And when I mean real, I'm not talking about just busting guns. Will Smith is one of the realest rappers in hip hop because he's doing his thing. Um, any other rapper who Macklemore, I feel like he's real because he's doing his thing and he's not trying to be who he's not. You know what I'm saying? A lot of people are not don't be who you not. DMX is real because he talks about his life. That's who he is. Red Man, that's who he is. Method Man, that's who he is. Jay Z, Jay Z's left that thug stuff alone and he's doing uh big money moves. That's who he is now. Fifty Cent, that's who he is now. So I don't understand how people can embrace somebody who talks a lifestyle that they're not living. Like, we got to stop that. We're going to save hip hop. 
we gotta stop that. And if we're if, and if that's what we're gonna support coming into the game now, if we're gonna support talking thug and and then turn around talking to the police when everything blows up in our faces, I don't want no parts of it. So that's pretty much. I hope you like the introduction show. It's gonna be a couple more episodes coming up, maybe longer. Who knows? Get some ads going. Peace. Well, hey, welcome back, everybody, to the final segment. And just when I thought that this month, this year, wasn't going to get any weirder, Nick Cannon finds a way back into the uh, main um, discourse. Um, apparently, Nick Cannon, who dropped a be- host a while and now, who dropped a beautiful poem about, you know, about Can't Breathe and, you know, the Black Lives Matter movement, um, had a um episode, had a conversation on June 30th of episode of Cannon's Class. The actor and TV host interviewed Professor Griff, a rapper who was part of Public Enemy before leaving the group after making anti-Semitic remarks. On the podcast, on the podcast, Cannon said black people are the true Hebrews and talked about anti-Semitic conspiracy theories involving the Rothschild family. It's never hate speech. You can't be anti-Semitic when we are the Semitic people, Kenneth said. When we are the same people who they want to be, that's our birthright. We are true Hebrews. Um. <clears throat> now, I didn't hear that part. The clip that I saw um, talked about white people being savages and uh, things like that. And just listening to him even talk about that and, you know, more on that in a second, just listening to him talk about that was just weird because I felt like he was using too many words. Like, you know how you just over talk a simple point, you know, kind of like how I do with my show. Uh, but um, I feel like he was using a lot of jargon and it, it this came off as rambling. Um, it came off as trying to be deep, but he was just simply rambling through the conversation, and that kind of concerned me. But um, his point about white folks being savage—let's be let's be clear—not all white people are evil. Like we all understand that. Not all white people are evil. Not all white people are slave owners. Um, there are a ton of good white folks in this world. Um, some of my friends are white and, um, a lot of them have been extremely kind to me, um, growing up. So I would never sit there and call them devils or evil or or anything like that. But when you open up a history book though, and it's a lot of, they might not be savages, but there's a lot of barbaric activity going on like they really develop weapons that kill people better that's the hobby people got rich off that um the atomic bomb on japan on japan like that's okay the treatment of native americans um the way the uh hispanics the spanish here were treated um 
well, let's be clear, clearer. The way the, uh, the Mexicans were treated, um, then that treatment extends towards all of South America and the Caribbean. Um, slavery people, like, it's kind of make that, it's kind of make, it's kind of hard to be extremely upset about that. Now, the way he was discussing it was completely stupid, but yeah, it's, it, it, it's going to be a hard sell to get me to say, okay, you might not be barbaric, but you got to be able to admit that some barbaric stuff happened in history and it was mostly committed by the same people. Um, so I don't want to stick too long, but the, uh, it took me a few times to read the Semitic uh, conversation. And basically, you, well, first and foremost, you can't please a population if you're going to be on a show with a dude who makes disparaging remarks about that population. Um, the Jewish diaspora um, is very effective in making sure Jewish hate speech is not spread around because you know what they actually experience how that is manifested into uh evil intentions uh so when they hear it they're not gonna sit there and tolerate it they're gonna band together and push to make sure that this is not gonna be said okay or we're just not gonna support whatever you got going on um you just can't erase um, one side of it. And I, I feel like when he was like, blacks are the only um, semantics, it kind of erased um, a culture. I guess, I, guess, I, I, I guess that's where the conversation comes from, the anti-Semiticism um, comes from. Again, if I'm wrong, please hit me up. Let me know that I'm wrong, but... Um, so I get why they're upset. Now, notice I said June 30th show. Today is June 15th. It, I think one of the issues, and Viacom ends up uh, severing ties with uh, Nick. And this is where I'm going to get into uh, why Nick is should have been a little smarter about this. Um, first and foremost, Nick Cannon is going to be okay. The brother is wildly talented. He's going to be on another show. Um, he'll be he'll, he'll, he can apologize, and somebody's going to put him on. The brother is talented. Now, he might not be the best rapper ever, and I don't want to hit Nick Cannon bars, but Nick Cannon is going to find a way to get that back. The issue is the people who help him wilding out, like. A lot of those people are now out of jobs because of something thoughtless that you said. Like, come on, dude. Like, you, it's not just you. It's the people that work for you. Like, I think that's something we don't understand when we get into business or we start building corporations. Like, once you build a corporation, you're more than just you. The things that you say affect the people that work under you. It affects your brand. You gotta protect your brand. So, um, in that case, I would definitely would have liked to him to uh, 
be a little wiser about that. At least think about the people that work for you, you know, the people that helped you um, make Wild Out uh, what it is. Okay. So we're going to end it there. Not going to take up more of your time. Want you guys have a good week, and I will see you on Friday. Ty Digger for the Ty Digger Show. We are out. Yeah.